say. So just for you, for you as well, my name is Pastor Josh Santosafano. And so I get the privilege of leading the youth ministry, which starts back tonight, baby, 5 p.m. And so that's really cool. Um, a little bit of a, a, so for youth, it's year seven to uh, high school age, basically. So if you're year seven to high school, you got kids, bring them along because I just believe when God gets a hold of your life, it just, it's the best. It's the best. I, I'm sick of, you hear testimonies like, oh, I was a drug addict, this, that, my life was ruined, God changed me. Awesome. But I love the testimony where he goes, you know what? I didn't waste three years of my life on drugs. I didn't waste my life worrying about alcohol. I pursued God. And now I am, what took that person 10 years took me three because I had God's agenda on my life. So I just believe for things like that. So I encourage you, be praying for youth, be praying for those things. So we're going to see this year just propel into awesome things. And so here's a little, um, a little, I don't know where, oh, is this, here's, here it is as well. For parents, whatever, there's, you'll see them out in the foyer. Grab them. It's like a program for what's happening for youth. Now, I'm just going to pray, then they can go. Sorry. Oh, yeah. You, musicians, the rest of you, just let Ruth just serenade a little bit more. That's beautiful. Thanks, Jimmy. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, sorry. Here's a sneak peek for tonight. I'm preaching tonight at youth. Are you ready for the title? How to Keep Your Clothes On. It's going to be powerful. We preach on how to keep your clothes on, and it's about faith. Alright, so there's a sneak peek. Youth, get there tonight. We'll find out how to keep your clothes on is all about. <laughs> so, um, but this year, 2020, as one heart, Pastor Rob has declared the year of victory. Yes? Victory. And so we're not just interested in winning battles. We're interested in living in victory. Jesus gives us victory. Let's not live like losers. Tell the person beside you, you're not a loser. You're not a loser. We're not losers here. So Psalms 37 verse 4 in the NIV translation, New International Version. I don't normally preach from this, so but it's a memory, it's a memory one. Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Take the delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Can we pray? And then we can release Ruth. Holy Spirit, we just believe that you can speak to us right now. We speak to the the, the spiritual atmosphere in this room right now of, of our lives that will want to distract us from, from hearing what you got to say to us. We put away our distractions. We, we, we tune into your voice, into our lives. God, we thank you that your word says that it has the power, it is alive, that it can give us a wake-up call to see what um, our life is all about. God, we pray that right now that people will get destiny moments in this, in, in this service, that people will leave this place knowing Jesus has a purpose and a call for my life. And we just thank you, God, that we can leave this place so much better, so much more full of joy. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Ruth. Thank you so much. If we keep that up, we might need a catcher for me. Hey? So, if, who's got a physical Bible here? Anyone? Anyone a physical Bible? Uh, is anyone there at Psalm 37, chapter 4? Or chapter 37, verses 4? Anyone got that? Anyone? Does anyone, does anyone notice anything on that? You can speak to me. Does anyone, have a, does anyone see something on the top of that? That Psalm 37, verse 4. At the top of chapter 37, does it say anything, Pastor Pauline? Does it say anything there? You need some glasses on. Oh, a Psalm of David. Does anyone see that? Do I have a witness? Does Pastor Pauline's Bible only say that, or does yours say that as well? It says, Psalm 37, a Psalm of David. Now, that is very crucial. That is a very crucial part. So that's, so we'll, we'll explain. A Psalm of David. Who's heard of David in church before? Has anyone heard of David and Goliath? 
is the same David. Mind blown. David and Goliath. So this guy, this David, who we hear the story, he killed this Goliath. He wrote Psalms. So we, we today might call it poetry. We might call it a song. We might call it a rap. Whatever it is, in his day, David wrote Psalms. Yes? Yep. This David is also, we would refer to as King David. So every time, if you've been in church before, like, who's this King David? Who's this David killing Goliath? This is all the same person. Who's this psalm written by David? It's the same bloke, right? And then when we start hearing things about Jesus, you'll read the, ge- is it genealogies? Genealogies. I'm thinking of, um, I'm thinking of Aladdin now. Ge- genealogies, so obviously the, the descent of Jesus. So Mary and Joseph, they were descendants from David. So it's, it's, all, it's all mixed and mixed together, right? Am I, you're on the same page. I don't want to lose you. Cool. So David is telling us from his experience in Psalms 37 verse 4, take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. He's speaking from his personal experience. Now that's a deep observation. That's so deep. See church, there you go. From David's observation, he realized within his life, when I delight myself in the Lord, God will give me the desires of my heart. And so I want to ponder you for a question. What are the desires of your heart? Just think about that. What are the desires of your heart? If you're taking notes, I just want you to jot down maybe the top three desires of your heart. Um, whatever it is, it, 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 just think, think right now. What are the desires of my heart? And I'll just give you a moment to write those down. Anyone got young kids here? Anyone was ever a young kid? Yes. Yes, I was. So... Um, when I was a young kid, I had many desires on my heart, right? So one of them, there's only, as a child, there's only three colours that mattered. Blue, yellow, and red. Does, does, does anyone ring a bell? The Adelaide Crows. Those colours were the only thing that mattered as a child. I was going to play for AFL. I was going to be drafted by the Adelaide Crows. I was going to win a Brownlow medal. I was going to get that yellow chest, whatever, oh, chest yellow vest on as the best and fairest for that season. I was going to do it all. I was going to be leading goal kicker. My desire as a child was to play for the Crows. Anyone else have that desire here? Please don't tell me you had the desire for Port Adelaide. Jesus, heal them. But then if you moved along a few years, I had the desire to play for the Richmond Football Club, the better football club, right? But as a child, I, I wanted, and every showdown would be heartbreaking Chad Corns would like do something amazing for Port Adelaide and win a showdown. I'm like, oh no. But I had a desire to play AFL for the Adelaide Crows as a child, right? That was the desire of my heart. Another one. Now, this is a bit controversial. I wanted to be a professional hunter. Mum's got a friend with me. Mum, can you just pass me my friend? Church, meet Skip. I'm, I named him. He's a, he was a very, a very child's best friend. Child's best friend. So Skip here, you can see he's a, a lovely German shepherd, well-behaved. He's got a really cool chain collar on. He's had a few operations. His, his tongue got a bit ripped up one day, so mum had to stitch him up. But Skip, Skip was a child's best friend. And so my father is a passionate hunter. And so now kids these days, I see him on their iPads, YouTube kids, whatever, Dora the Explorer, Pepper the Pig, whatever it is, Baby Shark. As me as a kid, I had this thing called a TV, and it wasn't flat screen. It was this, it was a box with a screen on the front of it. 
and we had another box that you put a box into to watch a video. Anyone know what I'm talking about? So that's what I did. I had no iPad. I had a video. And so some kids these days watch Baby Shark, whatever. As me as a child, I watched hunting videos. I know. How blessed was I? And so you'd stick it in and you'd watch guys like dingo hunting, rabbit hunting, whatever it is. I was well as a young boy, I was well equipped with understanding on what it requires to hunt. And so Skip was the great hunting toy. So what would happen? Poor Skip. Sometimes Skip was hunting rabbits. Other days, Skip was a dingo that I was hunting. And so I, and so I must have watched the video because my uncle was paying me out about one time. That as a kid, I would hold up, I would hold up Skip like, yep, good size, like <laughs> trophy dingo. And I was like, yeah, so poor Skip, you're a good boy. So here you go, Mum. But with hunting was a desire in my heart. I wanted to be a professional hunter. And by professional hunter, I didn't want to be like, yo, Josh, you're so good at hunting. No, no, professionals in kitchen, money in the bank, you're getting paid for it. That was my desire as a child. And so with that, I, my dad would often joke around with me and pay me out again. Because when I was a child, dad would take me out pig hunting and there'd always be mixed random bread dogs designed for hunting. And so my head would always be ticking over, what could I create to the perfect pig hunting dog? So um, let, let's see our, um, our knowledge of dogs here. What's a good sniffing breed? Because for a hunting dog, I'll tell you this, you need a, it needs has to sniff, it needs to be able to find the pig, it needs to be able to run fast, and it needs to be strong to hold the pig. So anyone know a sniffing dog, bloodhound I heard? What's a fast dog? What's a fast dog? Greyhound? And what's a strong dog? A mastiff. So what would happen is I would say, hey, Dad, what if we crossed a greyhound with a bloodhound that would be fast and have a good sniff and fast, and then if we crossed that with a mastiff, it would be really strong. Now, if you're talking Pastor Rob, there's some other really weird concepts I would come up with, but I had this desire to, to be a professional hunter, to create the best pig dog because it was the desire of my heart. And then, like, now you ask me, what car would you be your ideal car by? I don't, I really don't care. But as a child, because I wanted to be a professional hunter, I knew exactly what car I wanted. It needed to be a four-wheel drive. It needed a tray on the back. I had the designs what you need. So if you see the pig, it, you click a button, the dog gets released to jump off the back. I had it all planned out because it was the desires of my heart. Who wants to hear another one? All right. So, again, I'm so privileged for the parents that I had and the, the things they instilled to me as a child. But often at home, so not, I wouldn't just watch hunting videos. My mum's, I'd say, influence, I'd watch worship videos. And so there's this band called Planet Shakers, and we do a few of their songs. But back in the day as a child, I'd watch these Planet Shakers videos, and their song leader at the time was a man named Henry Seely. And so he'd play guitar and worship lead, and that was the desire of my heart. I'm like, I want to play guitar and worship lead. And so then as a child, we would, I'd have my toy guitar and a toy mic stand and be pretending worship leading. But one day I, I took observation of Henry Seely on the screen, and he had these my thought was a keyboard at his feet. I thought he was playing keyboard with his feet. Now, as, a, as an adult and pl from playing bass, whatever, I realised that was a pedal board. It wasn't a keyboard. But I would have this keyboard at my feet playing with my, and playing guitar, song lead, because I thought that's what you did, because that was the desire of my heart. So we see, as a child, I, I had desires. As an adult, I have desires. We all will have desires. But the question is, 
I'll, I'll get into it. So there was a time where I thought Psalm 37.4 was a formula for blessing. I read it as a formula for blessing. I'll, I'll, I'll elaborate. So God, I'm delighting in you. I love you. I come to church. I do my Bible reading. I tithe. So God, it's time to pay up. Give me my desires. I'll, I receive that new car. I receive that new house. I receive that new job. I, re- I, I receive that pay raise in Jesus' name. Come on, who, who could do some of that? Amen. We, there's always more room for some more money. Figure 10% for tithe at church. Um, uh, I receive Richmond going back to back to back in Jesus' name. Hey, but there's, we, That's how I read I read, God, you know the desires of my heart. I'm going to delight in you. Now pay up. But let's look at another situation from David's life and see if that's what he's really talking about. Because I, I don't think David was suggesting or describing a formula for blessing. So let's look at uh, 2 Samuel 7 verses 1 to 2. It says this, When King David was settled in his palace, and the Lord had given him rest from all their surrounding enemies, the king being him summoned Nathan the prophet, Look, David said, I am living in a beautiful cedar palace, but the ark of God is out there in a tent. And so, just, just to give us a bit more clarification, the tent was what we call the tabernacle. Can someone say that? The tabernacle. And the ark was a box, basically, that housed the presence of God at the time. So now we believe the Holy Spirit is everywhere, but there was a time and period where there's this box called the ark of the covenant, and that's where the presence of God dwelt. And so, that was kept in a tent. So, I'm going to illustrate this. So, we see David... Is, is delighting himself in the Lord, however that may look, playing his harp, writing songs out. It's a sheep, as we might often hear. He's delighting himself in the Lord. Then he, he ends up going to his house and going, hmm, what a beautiful house. Lovely cedar wall here, lovely cedar wall there, lovely cedar roof here. And then he, then he goes to the tabernacle and goes, hmm, cr- crusty, daggy, dodgy. These things start spinning in his head going, why is my house so beautiful, yet the presence of God and his house is so daggy? This, this, he, he's delighting himself in God, and then this conviction, this thing starts to shift in his, in his heart, in his life. He goes, um, this is not right. This is not okay. Why? Because when he delighted himself in God, he gained a heavenly desire. A heavenly dream fulfilled his heart. And so we, we see... Um, a desire from heaven in David, and it initiated the building of the first Jewish temple. So David was just going along in his life, loving his house, not giving a stuff about the, temp- the, the, the tabernacle. But then a moment comes somewhere in his life where he's delighting in God, and God gives him the desires of his heart. So we're, we're not talking about, we see here that God giving us the desires of our heart. It's not, it's not a, 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 a recipe to be blessed. It's actually receiving something from heaven to desire for. Does that make sense? Can we see that? So, Psalm 37.4 is not a formula for blessing, but a truth that when you spend time delighting in God, heaven's agenda will shake your world. God's priorities become your priorities. Once you wanted, to, once, once you wanted a nice house, now you want to build God's house. And so, does anyone here want God's desires? I know I do. I want God's desires in my life. Um, and a way to get God's desires is to delight in Him. Pretty self-explanatory. And so, and ask us a question, well, how do we delight in God? And so I've got four points, four things that, that we can see to delight in God. So if you're taking notes, the first one is, and so to, another way we could say to delight in God is to find pleasure 
in God. So four ways we can find pleasure in God. The first one, a quiet time or a daily devotion. And you could call it whatever you want. Some people call it a quiet time. Some people call it a daily devotion. But what that is, so if you find pleasure in God, you will have a daily habit of reading the Bible and prayer. But as simple as that. Luke chapter 4, 42 says this. Um, Early in the morning, Jesus would go to an isolated place. Now, Jesus wanted heaven's desires. Jesus wanted, he just didn't want to go, well, I want to be a professional hunter like Josh, all right? He said, no, no, I'm going to seek God. I'm going to go delight in God because I want heaven's desires in my heart. I want to have heaven's perspective in my life that pursue me and help me step into what I want to do. And so he had a commitment daily. I'm going to go to an isolated place. So that's why it's called, we call it a quiet time because we're going to an isolated place. We're turning off our phone and going, God, speak to me. God, I want to hear your voice. I want to delight in you because I need you in my life. Does that make sense? So if we want to uh, delight in God, find a quiet place. Find that time where you can read the Bible and pray and go, God, speak to me because Jesus did it, great? And so you delight yourself in God when you're committed to seeking him personally, daily. We need this. I'm not going to live off my mum's faith. I'm, I'm going to seek God for myself personally, daily. Exodus chapter 20, anyone know what that's familiar for? The Ten Commandments, right? And so one of them, so I'm going to give an illustration of my life when I've delighted in God and God's given me the desires of my heart. Exodus chapter 20 talks about do not do this, do not do that. And it says, honor your mother and father and you will live long in the land. It's the only commandment with a promise, right? So mum, mum's staring me up now at the front here. So what, what would happen is as... As a, I'd love to say as a 12-year-old, but let's be realistic. I was 18, probably. And I was like, why am I always getting in trouble? What, why is mum perpetually frustrated with me? And then I'm delighting myself in the Lord, reading stuff like that. Honor your mother and father, and, and you'll live long in the land. It's an it's a only commandment for promise. I'm delighting in that. I'm, I'm marinating in that. And God starts to shift the desires of my heart. And I'll pray one day, God, just help me see the things that I'm not seeing. Help me... Uh, be a son that my mum can value. Worst prayer I ever prayed because my eyes were opened and the, um, the thing of being oblivious, I don't know if that's the right word, but when you can't see anything, what's that? Um, we can't hear anything, was gone. And so I'd go to the dishwasher, oh, it's clean and ready to be emptied. Oh, before I'd just be able to shut and go, oh, well, someone else will do that. But now I was like, oh, all right, I'll, I'll honour my parents, I'll help out. Or I'll hear this, Beep, beep, beep. Oh, the, di- the washing machine's finished. I've got to better hang out the clothes. Before, I didn't hear it. It didn't exist. But I delighted myself in God, and I had a desire. No, I want to honor my mum. I want to honor my dad and help out around the house. Because I, I delighted myself in scripture and in prayer, and God changed the desires of my heart. Number two. Thank you. I receive that. Praise and worship. If you find pleasure in God, um, if you find pleasure in God, you'll be active in glorifying God. Psalms 22 verse 3 in the King James Version says, "God inhabits praise." So we believe when we praise in God, God is there amongst it. So when you praise, God is there. So if you want to delight in God, if you want to be around God, praise Him. Simple as that. Psalms is a is a book full of poems, songs, and examples of praise and worship. If you want to know well, what is praise, what is worship, 
Open up the book of Psalms. Read them. They are examples of worship. You get some people caught up saying, oh, worship should only be about glorifying God. Well, if you read Psalms, which is our example of worship, you'll find there's a lot of me, God, I'm a failure or whatever. But, cause it, but it's an expression of God, I'm delighted in you and seeking you above my circumstance. And so you'll, you read, go on like Google, BibleGateway.com and search some of these things. And it's like Psalm after Psalm after Psalm. It's things like this. Sing a new song. We're going to be singing new songs to God. Because it's our example of worship. It says, shout with for, or for joy. So we've got to have a bit of happiness. We've got to have a bit of a smile. We've got to have a bit of a shout because we're believing our new song. Amen. It says, give thanks. That's a, th- that's a novice thought. Let's give thanks. Let's, let's be thankful for God in our lives. Yeah. Um, it says, um, and this one is a singular one, but still a good one. Uh, chapter 47, verse 1. Clap your hands. We don't just clap our hands, oh, because it's a good beat. We clap our hands because it's what the Bible says. Another good one, uh, 28 verse 2, lift holy hands. We don't just lift our hands because like, oh, I'm reaching out to God. We are reaching out to God. But it's no, because it's a scriptural thing. Lift holy hands to God. So we delight ourselves by some of these actions. Pastor Rob has, has we've been sharing about victory in Psalms 118 verse 15 says this. And he's been declaring this over our church. Songs of joy and victory are sung in the camp of the godly. One heart church, we will be known for releasing heaven on earth. We will be known for having a party atmosphere because we believe that songs of joy and victory will be in the camp of the godly. And so if we're camp of the godly, let's not sing songs of defeat and grump. Let's sing songs of victory and joy, hey? One heart church should be known how to party with songs of joy and victory. And so... um, uh, earlier in the year, I was in I was in Perth for a wedding, and we went to Fremantle to uh, do this tour of the prison there. And near the prison, there's this footy oval, and it has this big concert going on. And all you hear is like, doof, 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 doof. and I felt like all of Fre- like all of like Perth's population was of youth were there. And my cousin Nala, she's she's in primary school, and she's seeing these girls wearing next to nothing, and she makes this comment: "That girl forgot to put a top on." And I'm like, you are very, very observant, Nala. She made very good. Um, and I felt like saying to Nala, all of them forgot to put their tops on. But, but he, here's the thing. So yeah, I, I've been doing a bit of research on concerts for some reason because, like, I, I'll, I'll read it from my notes because it makes more sense. So I've been watching live concerts and um, uh, so I'll say this. There's nothing evil about having fun at a concert. But I would suggest it's misguided passion. Some of the best worship leaders aren't saved yet. The, I've seen these people leading, honestly, some of the best worship leaders in Australia are not saved yet. I've seen these people that, that can lead a group of people into passion, but just misguided completely. And so, um, and so I'll be, I was watching this, this, this video of this live concert of these people having fun, and it was freezing cold. You know when it's cold, and you're like, and you see the breath? It was like one of the, it was like they almost built a cloud that would flood Port Lincoln with their breath. Like it was so freezing. And again, these, these, there's these girls there wearing next to nothing in the freezing cold, and they're not even phased. They're not, because these, these, these worship leaders of not worship were leading, going, yeah, let's get passionate. Let's have some fun. And what I'm trying to say is, let's have a church. Now, pre- please come clothed. But it, <laughs> If people can get passionate over just a song in the freezing cold, why can't we have a song of joy and victory in a, in a building, eh? Yeah, let's get excited. So 
You delight yourself in God when you honor him with your best praise. And so when we sing songs like Waymaker, even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. We're making a declaration. We're delighting ourselves in God, and it changes the desires of our heart. A desire of our heart might be like, oh, woe is to me. No, no. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even, you know, we've got to change the desires of our heart while we're seeking God. Number three, fasting. Um, if you find pleasure in God, you will uh, seek a time of fasting. And so as a church, we're in the middle of our seven times seven fasting. So on Wednesdays, we're, we're corporately fasting. And so why don't you consider joining us for that? Um, 7 p.m. Wednesday nights, or if you're male, come 7 a.m. and join us with uh, prayer and fasting. Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 to 2 says this. And so it's the context is that Jesus had just recently been baptized and, he, uh, and filled with the Holy Spirit. And it, so it says this. Then Jesus, after being baptized, was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. For 40 days and 40 nights, he fasted and became very hungry. After one day, I've become very hungry, so I can understand that. But when you delight in God, uh, you delight in God when you realize He and His presence is more important than the food we eat. And so, if you read the book of Jonah, you see a whole city that understand that concept. They go, you know what, God, you are more important to us right now than our food, and they went into a city-wide fast. So, you delight in God when you realize He and His presence is more important than the food we eat. Number four, this is my favorite: tithes and offerings. Uh, if you find pleasure in God, your money will follow. If you find pleasure in new clothes, the shop will see your money. If you find pleasure in entertainment, Netflix, iTunes, Spotify will see your money, right? If you like fishing, boat supplies will see your money. What, you're, what you take delight in, your money will follow, right? Matthew 6.21. Again, if you read your Bible and you see that little context, the little caption above the, the verse it says money and possessions right so Matthew chapter 6 21 says wherever your treasure is there the desires of your heart will also be and so Psalm 37 4 says when we find pleasure in God and put heavens God will put heaven's desires in our hearts and so if we have heaven's desires in our hearts our treasure our money and possessions will be in heavenly things does that make sense so a great way to see where your desires are is to go on your bank website, whatever, and look at your bank statement. That will tell you where the desires of your heart truly are. That, oh, oh, that's a lot of money at boat supplies. Or, or that, 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 it will show you where the desires of your heart are, right? And so at the start, I asked you to write down some of your desires. Are those desires re reflected in your bank statement or not? I'd question you that. I'd, I'd challenge you this week, go, you know what, I wrote down these desires. Are they in my bank statement? Because if they're not, they're not really your desire, to be honest. So you delight in God when your treasure, your first fruits, your best of is found in his house. Back to David, his desire was to build God's house, right? We saw that. 1 Chronicles chapter 22, verse 14, David says, I have worked hard to provide materials for building the temple of the Lord. Nearly 4,000 tons of gold, 40,000 tons of silver and so much iron and bronze that it can't be weighed. I have also gathered timber and stone for the walls, though you may need to add more. First, David delighted himself in God. Second, David got a new desire to build the temple. Third, he started investing money into building God's temple. You delight in God when your treasure, your first fruits, your best off is found in his house. So 
I've just been doing this study myself with David going, interesting, he delights in God, God gives his desires. We see a, a part of scripture where he, he's living in a beautiful palace going, my desires now changed. I want God to have a beautiful palace. So then going, I don't just want God to have a beautiful palace, God's put me here to see that be the reality. And so anyone heard of the statement radically saved? Anyone know? So I want to explain to us what being radically saved means. Ephesians 4, 17 to 19 says, With the Lord's authority I say, live no longer as Gentiles, so non-Jew, do, for they are hopelessly confused. Their minds are full of darkness. They wander far from the life God gives. They have closed their minds and hardened their hearts against him. They have no sense of shame. I'm going to say that again. They have no sense of shame. They live for lustful pleasures and and eagerly practice every kind of impurity. So we see there, a hard heart equals no sense of shame. And so now, I I would suggest a God-touched heart will will have a sense of shame. Now, I'm not talking about being guilt-tripped and living condemned. I'm talking about a a conviction, right? So when God gives us a new heavenly desire... Old desires we once had will no longer please us, will give us a sense of shame. So radically saved means before Jesus, I only cared for beer with the boys. Say, after Jesus, the beers get put away because there was a sense of shame. I go, I don't want this. So the boys are like, I don't know why you don't have beers with us anymore, but it's because I have done a 180. I used to live for the weekend and live for the beers, but now I have a purpose, I have a desire from God to seek him and to seek his will, and I'm not going to waste my money on the beers. I'm not going to waste my mind on the beers. I'm going to pursue the things of heaven. Oh, but you're so cool when you drank with us. Yeah, but my desire has changed. It was a radical 180 shift, and that's why we say you got radically saved because you came in contact with Jesus, and what you used to do, you go, you know what, I now have a sense of shame. I'm going to step into the, the calling that God has on my life. And so the music team's going to join us. But there's a... Oh, I'm losing a piece of paper. Luke chapter 19 has a great story of a, a man that I believe was radically saved. Radically saved. And so his name is Zacchaeus. And so we're going to read it. Verse, uh, chapter 19, Luke chapter 19 says this. Jesus entered Jericho and made his way through the town. There was a man there named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector in the region and he had become very rich. So Zacchaeus is a man of influence in his city. He tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a figamore fig tree beside the road, for Jesus was going to pass that way. When Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and called him by name. Zacchaeus, he said, quick, come down. I must be a guest in your house, on your home today. Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy, delight. But the people were displeased. He has gone to be the guest of a notorious sinner, they grumbled. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I will give half my wealth to the poor, Lord, and if I have cheated people on their tax, I will give them back four times as much. Generous. Jesus responded, Salvation has come to this home today, for, the, uh, this, for this man has shown to be a true son of Abraham, or we could be say a true son of faith. For the Son of Man came to seek and save those are lost. So Zacchaeus wanted Jesus and found himself in a tree. Zacchaeus wanted to delight in God and found himself in a position to, to meet Jesus, right? And so and uh, Jesus takes note of that, of that. He goes, why is everyone else in the crowd around me but he's out on the tree? 
because Jesus takes notes of when we delight in Him. And so the, 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 the title, I guess, of my message is Take Jesus Home. I want, why, can you say that? Take Jesus Home. Take Jesus Home. Jesus wants to go to your house. Jesus wanted to go to, to Zacchaeus' house. Zacchaeus was happy to see Jesus from a tree, but Jesus goes, you know what? I don't want you to see me from a tree. I want you to have personal connection with me, right? And so uh, we've got to take Jesus home. We've got to take Jesus home. I don't just pray and read the Bible at church. I do it at home. I take Jesus home. I don't just worship at church. I worship at home because I take Jesus home. I don't just think about offering at church. I devise generous things at home because I'm not just going going to see the tree at church. Going, oh, I'm going to be at the tree. And see, I know Jesus is going to meet me there at church. No, no, no. I go. I, I meet him at church and I go, Jesus, I met you, and I'm 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 going to bring that invitation. Come home. Come to my house. Come to my family. Zacchaeus took Jesus home with excitement and joy and delight. Zacchaeus delighted. Zacchaeus delighted himself in Jesus and on that on the tree and at home, and when, his, when he delighted himself in God, the desires of his heart changed. When he had that time at home with Jesus, we saw the desires of his heart change. He went, went and so he went from having from money having him to him having money. Matthew 6, 21 again, wherever the treasure, your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. Just like David with the temple, Zacchaeus says, this is not right. My desire was to make money at the expense of my neighbor. My desire is now to bless those around me. And so uh, Zacchaeus was radically saved. He lived from going, money controls me, to going, you know what? Money no longer controls me. I control it. Like my illustration before with beer with the boys. Beer may, be, may have you, but it's time to go, you know, I have the beer, and it no longer controls the destiny of my life. And we could look at so many things. Um, 1 Chronicles chapter 6 verse 12 says, you say I'm allowed to do anything, but not everything is good for you. Even though I'm allowed to do anything, I must not become a slave to anything. Being a slave is not living in victory. Amen. One a very similar verse in chapter 10, verse 23 says, you say I'm allowed to do anything, but not everything is good for you. You say I'm allowed to do anything, but not every, everything is beneficial. Netflix, Disney Plus, sport, TV, social media, whatever the desire is, they may not be, not, not, might not be bad, they may not be illegal, but does it have you or do you have it? And I don't want to be a slave to it. I want to have victory over it and have God's desires ruling my heart, not Netflix, not Disney Plus, whatever it could be. Hey, So we, if we want to live in victory, we need to take Jesus home. And so it's a very simple, but I notice people who don't live in victory. Why? We talked about four steps before. Daily devotion times, reading, uh, reading the Bible and prayer. We see worshipping God. Uh, we see things like tithes and offerings, all of those four points that we mentioned. When you're not living in those things, I can see that you're not living in victory. But when, when people are living in victory, I can guarantee those four things are actively in their life because they, they have a, they're, they're making a decision to delight themselves in God and let His desires give them victory, not just, oh, well, I'll just live life however it pleases. But at the end of the day, the most we see in, this, in that reading of Luke, the most critical desire from heaven is to see the, say, the lost saved. Now, at the end of the day, there's so many desires that God can give you, but the major desire that God can give you 
when you realize that you're delighted yourself in God, and then you go, you know what? Jesus came to seek and save the lost. Jesus came to seek and save the Zacchaeus. I am positioned on earth to seek and save the lost. And so if you you might go, well, I don't know if I'm getting the desires of my heart. God, the desires of God in my heart, well, you'll realize it when you start having a burden to see your, your school saved. You'll realize it when you have a burden to see your workplace saved, to see your city saved. When that thing, those desires start pursuing your life, you know that you've been delighting yourself in God. And so 1 Samuel chapter 10, verse 6, in closing, says, at, time, at that time, the Spirit of the Lord will come powerfully upon you, and you will prophesy with them, and you'll be changed into a different person. Acts 1.8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you to be a witness to everybody. When we get food of the Holy Ghost, when we get a fresh filling, we will have a desire shift. We go, you know what? I was living for this. I was controlled by that. Those things no longer have me. I have them. And I'm here to see my world transformed. I'm here to see Woolworths saved, to see coal saved, whatever it is. My desire, my reason for being at work isn't to make money. My desire at work is to see the kingdom of God touch this place. Hey, so what what we're gonna what we what I'm gonna do right now is that there, there may be people in, in this room and we want to give you the opportunity to take Jesus home for the first time. You might go, you know what, Josh, um, Zacchaeus pursued Jesus. I have a longing and desire for Jesus. I don't just want to come to church and seek Him. I want to seek Him and delight Him daily. We're going to give you the opportunity to, we call it the beginner's prayer. Say, and if you pray that prayer for the first time, we're going to say, you've now taken Jesus home. And so we're going to see a, a prayer on the screen, and I want the church to read it with me. Dear God, I believe Jesus is your son who died on the cross and rose again to forgive my sins. I ask that you forgive me and give me life. I invite you to be my Lord and Saviour. Today I am born again. I trust my future into your hands. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. If you've prayed that prayer for the first time today, I would encourage you to come speak to me at the end of the service. I'll give you some resource. But I believe when you start taking Jesus home, there's going to be desires of your heart placed in there from heaven that you're going to see awesome things change. And rather than living like a loser, you can start living like a winner. Hey, but why don't you just stand right now? We're going to, we're going to enter into some, some more singing. But I really have a, a passion and a desire today that we're going to see heaven touch your heart. We're going to see heaven desires flood your life. Acts 1 8, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you to be a witness. I believe that we can get a fresh feeling of the Holy Ghost this morning, that we can leave this place going, God, I'm no longer consumed by my mortgage. I'm no longer consumed by the worries and the cares of my life. I, I have a fresh perspective that there's more to my life than those worries, but to meet Jesus. So if you're going to make a, a decision today, go, you know what, I'm going to step out. I'm going to have a step of faith to go, God, I want to delight in you afresh. I, I'm sorry for not taking you home and just coming to, to church and worship. I want to I want to be all in at home. I would encourage you to come down the front. Our ministry team is going to pray and lay hands on you. Go, you know what, today's a day when you can leave going, today I'm taking Jesus home. Today I delight in God to have heaven's desires.
I'm not just saying this for a response, but I really believe there's people today that have to make a divine in the sense that you're, you know what, no, no, I want a fresh desire from heaven. So if that's you, I encourage you to come down the front and we want to pray. But if, if not, no pressure. But I really encourage you, if that's you, go, God, come down the front and say, God, today, yes, I need a fresh desire from heaven. Thank you.